Everybody, so good to be with you today. My name is Jason Wolliver. I'm the directing pastor at Crossroads. It's just great to be starting a whole new year with you in the history of planet Earth, in the history of Crossroads, and in the history of your life. Today, we're starting a new series of messages about the ping life, how to respond when God calls. When uh, this evening at Crossroads, if you happen to be in the area, on January 7th at 6 p.m., my friend Shane Bishop, a mentor and a coach of mine who's going to be at Crossroads Live uh, sharing about how to hear the Holy Spirit. It's going to be a powerful night if you're able to come to that. But today I'm going to do kind of a message about the will of God and doing God's will. And I'm going to share numerous scriptures as we go through this. So let me pray before we jump in. Holy God, I just pray that you would inhabit the places that we dwell Holy Spirit, fill us up with your presence today. Fill us with your love. Quicken our senses. Renew our minds as we start this new year. In Jesus' name, amen. So last year, I participated in that challenge that Pastor Megan threw out to the whole congregation, which was to read through the whole Bible in a year following the Bible recap reading plan. And so I did that, got done just a few days before Christmas, and that was the second year in a row that I'd read through the entire Bible. And I'll just be honest, when I got to the end of it this time, I was tired. I mean, I'm all for reading the whole Bible multiple times because it is the Word of God and we need to know it. But I started to feel like I wasn't able to really get as much out of each passage as I wanted to because I was reading so many. So this year, I'm slowing way down. I'm just reading a chapter or even a half a chapter a day and trying to really listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying to me through that passage and then praying back to God about that, following this old method of reading the scripture called Lectio Divina. Anyway, I'm not going very fast, but I did read 1 Peter uh, this last week. And as I got to chapter 2, there was a verse that stood out to me, and I just chewed on it for a couple of days. It's 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 15. And it says, For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Isn't that great? This is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. And I thought, that is just so wise. What better way to deal with people speaking foolishly? And I'm sure that you have encountered this, people just jabbering on, saying foolish things, ignorant things that they don't know all the information about, maybe about you, maybe spreading things about you, maybe trying to upset you, maybe they disagree with what you believe or what you represent. And how should we respond to those things? Should we be constantly arguing with people online? Should we argue and argue trying to make them see our viewpoint? Should we cower in fear at the constant ignorant tongue wagging? Peter says that God's will is that we put to silence the ignorant talk of foolish people, not by doing any of those things, but by doing good. 
In other words, don't be distracted by your detractors, but throw yourself into doing positive good in the world around you with great enthusiasm and let your way of life speak for itself. But what really caught me in that verse was the opening phrase, because this is a very strong phrase. It says, for this is the will of God. Now, understanding and living out the will of God is a big topic of conversation in many Christian circles. And I can tell you, I have two kids in high school, two in college, and a wife in graduate school. So we often have big discussions about long-term decisions that will have great impact on the future. And it is a really sweet and wonderful thing when people look at their life and they decide that what they want more than anything is to do God's will with their life. Because there are many people who make their life decisions based on what will make them the most money or what will be the most fun, what will be the easiest. Many people's goals are fairly self-centered and self-absorbed. But there are those people who believe that God created each of us to do good works that he designed beforehand for us to walk in, as the scriptures say. And what they want more than anything is to discover and then do God's will with their lives. But then the question becomes, how do we know what God's will for our life is? How do we figure that out so that we don't miss the boat? There's a great fear. What if I live my life and I didn't do what I was created to do? And know many of us would like to be presented uh, from God a master plan, like a business plan for us to consider before we opt in or out. But that's not how it works. The way it normally works is that people begin living a certain way in relationship with God. And through daily obedience, they come across what God's purpose for their life is. They find themselves discovering the will of God for their lives as they walk in daily communion and friendship with God. And so as we start this new year, I thought I would share some scripture passages with you, which are very clear about what God's will is. And my thought is that if any of us are living within God's will, as these scriptures teach, then we're not going to miss the mark with our lives. We're going to fulfill God's will. He will lead us in right paths for his name's sake. But if in any of these areas we decide to step out of God's will, we're already missing the mark, and we probably won't fulfill the purpose that we could have fulfilled for the Lord. So let's look at these passages. I've already shared with you one of them. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Let's look at some others. Number one, it is God's will that each of us repent and surrender our lives to Jesus. Last month, we looked at 2 Peter chapter 3, and we talked about Jesus' promise to return and why he hasn't returned yet. And it says there in verse 9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. 
The first step in living within God's will for any person is that they repent of their sin and surrender their lives to Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Until we do that, we're not even reconciled to God. We're still at enmity with God, having a wall of sin debt stacked between us and God. But when we obey the gospel and we turn from our sin and put our faith in Jesus as our Savior and Lord, at that moment, we receive a divine pardon from God based on what Christ did on the cross. We receive the Holy Spirit of God to live within us. And we are adopted into God's family. We become his sons and daughters, and we are granted eternal life. And then most of the good that we will do in this world for God's will is going to come out of the reorganization of our heart that takes place after we've surrendered to Jesus as our Savior and Lord. So if you're wondering what job to take, what person to date, what classes to sign up for, before you think about any of those things, you need to settle this. Have you fully surrendered your heart and life to Jesus? If you haven't, you're not in sync with God in any shape or form. If you have, then you're ready to move on and consider these other things. Number two, it is always God's will that we stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at this passage of scripture from Ephesians chapter 5. The Apostle Paul says, Look carefully then how you walk through life, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but look at this, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. God's intention is that after we've received the Holy Spirit, we stay filled up with the Holy Spirit. Each of us received the Holy Spirit when we put our faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. He sent his Holy Spirit to live within us. But if we're not purposeful, the Holy Spirit is just like a tiny pilot light within us that doesn't have much impact on how we live. And if we're not filled with the Holy Spirit, then we're going to run on empty and we're going to live foolishly and we're going to do things like get drunk to ease our pain or follow priorities that aren't in line with God. We're going to stop believing God's promises and we're going to get really far out of God's will. But if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're operating out of a different mentality. We operate out of love and joy and peace and patience. And we find God leading us into new interactions with other people that we never would have come across if we were living on our own gut intuition, or impulses. Now, the scriptures teach that the way we stay filled with the Holy Spirit is through worshiping together. Paul says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, giving thanks always to the Lord. And so the way we stay filled up is the way that Christians have done it since the beginning of Christianity, by gathering together for worship on the first day of the week. The worship experience is like the filling station. 
We come in to get our fluids topped off. We come in running on empty, and as we lift up our hearts to God and we hear the word of God and we meet with God, he fills us up so that we can continue to do his will throughout the week and function according to the Spirit's leading. So, if you're in the process of making critical life decisions right now, it is of the utmost importance that you maintain the habit of weekly worship. You need to stay fear spirit-filled and keep your senses sharp. It is God's will that you stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, number three, as a Christian who has the Holy Spirit, it is also always God's will that you and I live holy lives. Look at this very direct passage from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. The Apostle Paul writes, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and wrong his brother or sister in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. The New Testament teaches that our bodies are temples, dwelling places of God's Holy Spirit, and that God wants us to keep the temple of our body holy, set apart for him. He's put the most precious thing within us, his very spirit. And no matter how many times you read the Bible, you will never find one passage that says that sexual immorality is okay or within God's will. The Bible teaches that sexual practice is reserved for the lifelong relationship that a man and woman enter into at marriage. Anything outside of that is outside of God's will for sexual practice. And God says that not only do we sin against God when we use our bodies for sexual immorality, but we also wrong the person that we are uh, committing this sexual immorality with. We're sinning against their body, against their temple. And I mean, it says very directly here that God is the avenger in these matters. And so we all need to know that if we've been committing sexual immorality, it's never too late to start doing the right thing. It's never too late. God is always ready to forgive those who repent and turn to him. But that he does call us to live differently in this world. Just because everybody in the world is doing it, just because everybody on TV is doing it, God wants his people to be different. We should stand out as different. We are holy. We are set apart. And so if you're serious about knowing and doing God's will in your life, it's really critical that you resolve this issue. And if you're preparing yourself for a new season of life, get yourself ready by repenting of 
all sexual sin. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20-21, through 21, Paul compares different kinds of Christians to different household utensils, saying this, Now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Maybe this is the year that you cleanse yourself of what is dishonorable so that you will be set apart as holy, useful to the master, our Lord and Savior, Jesus. It is always God's will that we pursue and maintain holiness of heart and mind. Number four, Christians, it is always God's will that we maintain a grateful attitude. One of my favorite passages of scripture is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, which says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will in Christ Jesus for you. Notice he doesn't say it's God's will that we give thanks for all circumstances, but in all circumstances, we maintain a grateful attitude. Now, gratitude has been scientifically proven to have a profound impact on our own lives. Gratitude improves our mental health. It enhances our relationships because People prefer to be around appreciative, grateful people. Gratitude has been associated with better sleep and reduced stress. It's been shown to reduce blood pressure, improve immune functions, and can even result in long-term neural modification of our minds and make us more positive over the long haul. Truly grateful people radiate a different kind of vibe than negative people. They make an impact simply by being grateful. And all of us who live in first world countries, especially if you're in central Illinois, you have many material blessings to be thankful for that you may take for granted. And way more than most people in the world have. You have probably an automobile. You have a warm place to watch this. You have devices that you can use to listen to podcasts or however you watch. You have the comfort of your own home. Back when Paul was writing this, the Christians didn't have hardly any of these things. They were suffering loss because of their commitment to Jesus. What they would be grateful for continually was God's forgiveness in Christ, the Holy Spirit, their church family, and eternal life. And God wants us to be grateful for those things no matter how little or much we have in the material sense. And so the day you choose, Christian, that you're going to live the rest of your life as a grateful person, your life will take on a different direction. You will change and you will begin to change others. I'll tell you this, self-pity, negativity, and grumbling are spiritual killers. Self-pity, negativity, and grumbling are outside of God's will. How about that? And so when we give in to those, we are outside of God's will. God's will is that you and I rejoice always, 
pray without ceasing and give thanks to God for his provision and his strength, even in the most difficult circumstances. And finally, Christian, it is God's will. It will always be God's will that we are continually transformed. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, has Paul saying, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. There are different forces playing tug-of-war with our lives, our character, and our minds. We have the forces of this world, motivated by Satan, our sinful flesh, and all of Satan's cronies, constantly trying to shape us into the mold of this world. Constantly trying to shape us into its pattern of life. And then you have Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, trying to transform us into an entirely different kind of creature who lives for the will of God, who's filled with the Spirit of God, and who does the will of God. In order to discern God's will in the different situations of life, we have to continually be transformed. Paul says the way we do that is through the renewal of our minds. The Holy Spirit's already working on our hearts to conform us into the likeness of Christ, but we have to cooperate by saturating our hearts and our minds with the Word of God so that we begin to think God's thoughts after Him. And the more we reframe our mind with the Word of God, the more we're going to be able to discern God's will in the different situations of life. Paul wrote to young Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, All Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So as we start this new year, make sure that you are making the habit of reading the scriptures each day. You can read multiple chapters a day. You can read the whole Bible in a year if you want to. Or you can do what I'm currently doing, reading half a chapter and really thinking about it. The main thing is to get in the Word and stay in the Word so that you can be continually challenged and transformed in your thinking. The more our minds are saturated with the Word of God, the more we will know and be familiar with God's will in every situation. So as we start this new year, if you want to make sure that you're living according to God's will, make sure that you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior if you haven't already done so. Make sure that you stay filled with the Holy Spirit every week through weekly worship. Make the decision to keep your body and mind holy, set apart for God's use. Make the decision to cultivate a consistent, grateful attitude and make sure you stay in the Word of God every day. God is going to transform millions of people all over the world this year. And He wants to transform you and me even more. He wants to transform our church even more. And He wants us to be ready to be deployed for every good work. For He will lead us in many paths of righteousness 
for his name's sake. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you love us so much. Thank you that you are with us, that you care for us. Pray that you would just pour out your spirit on those who have heard this message. God, let us see clearly the path you have laid out for us. Let us move within your will if there's areas that were out of your will so that we can be set apart as holy and ready for every good thing you have for us. God, I thank you for your grace and your love. And now we pray the prayer that you taught us as we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now let us declare together what we believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so that you can be notified of our most recent content. If you have any comments or questions for us, feel free to jump over to WashingtonCrossroads.com. Thank you again and have a great week.